Hey, it's Lacey Broussard, and this is the Multi-Orgasmic Mama podcast. From sex and motherhood, birth and relationships, communication and intimacy building, and Taoism and Tantra, we explore topics such as self-care, self-pleasure, body image, jadex, the feminine cycles, creativity in business, and modern spirituality. The Multi-Orgasmic Mama is a place to come for true stories and transformational advice on how to be a mama and a multi-orgasmic woman too. Welcome to the Multi-Orgasmic Mama podcast. This is Lacey Broussard, and today I have a special guest, Rusha Wanat from the Netherlands on with us today. Hey, Rusha, how are you? Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm fine. Thank you. How are you? I'm great. I can't wait to hear all about you and all the amazing work that you do. (laughs) So you. you are a relationship coach, yeah? Yes, I am sex, love, and relationship coach as well. And I am just so interested to hear your story about how you got into this because it's, um, I've heard it before, but for all of you listening, I just love Husha's story. It's super powerful. Uh, so I'll just give you a chance to go into that. Well, thank you. Um, well, first of all, I'm a mother of three and uh, my well, early experiences with uh, sexuality were not really the ones um, I was hoping for. Um, my very first um, well, intimate uh, experience was a rape. So that, you can imagine, that was quite harsh. I was a 16-year-old and on holiday in Spain, Uh, with a girlfriend and the whole situation was very scary and very daunting. When I got home, I thought, well, let's get over this as soon (laughs) as possible. I think uh, when you are 16, you want to feel safe in your own environment. So that's what I did. I started to, especially in the mind, recover from this trauma. And I had some help with that um, because I was in this study uh, at the seven, uh, when I was turned 17, I went to um, social studies and a lot of therapy comes with that. And I thought I was fine and uh, I recovered and um, Then I had my first real relationship and that was lovely. It was a lovely man or a boy and I healed further. But when I grew in these relationships, another man came and another, eventually I got married. I started realizing that all my relations were very safety based, all the men I chose were very um, steady men, very reliable men. And although it was lovely and very soothing for my being and for um, yeah for myself, it was also I was beginning to uh, started to miss something. I had three children, two boys and a girl. And when I carried my girl inside my belly, 
something changed. I was feeling all this feminine energy and I started to open more and more um, <coughs> my sensuality, my um, softness, warmth, my dynamic nature, uh, more emotions. And when she was born, only four months or five months after that, I met this man. And he was everything but safe. <laughs> he was really full-on, intense. Um, when I saw him, I re was reminded of my own nature before my 16th my nature of being really in this feminine wild energy and so instantly um, all the gates to my wholeness uh, were open again mm. and that's when my journey in conscious sexuality began um, and that's eventually why I started doing this work Wow. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah, and I like that in social studies, apparently you get therapy in the, in the Netherlands too. That's really awesome. I've never heard of that. Yeah, a social worker. And um, my specialty was uh, family coaching. And um, yes, we do that. Uh, you get therapy and you have to uh, work a year so like 10 months or so in a place of your choice and I chose a psychiatric hospital for children to work with their families so it kind of depends what you your specialty is but it well these days it's all changed but back then <laughs> um, you could choose a whole range of uh, yeah work uh, places to learn our skills and um, I've been like a coach, a therapist all my life, um, but not uh, within the sensuality and the sexuality and obviously the relationship, um, conscious sexuality. I started that um, journey eight years ago when I met uh, this, the love of my life. I can call mm -hmm. it the love of my life. I was very interested in how these two combine so well. Um, in, within family coaching, I used to uh, focus on the mindset, um, giving strategies or give strategies to cope with uh, all kinds of challenges. And when I discovered that my... Um, female energy, my fierce, powerful female energy, my sexuality, my uh, dynamic, uh, well, menstrual uh, cycle, mm -hmm. all influenced uh, my relationships. I started, okay, I missed out on some really big stuff when I was coaching these families. Uh, maybe I should integrate this much more in my work. So then we start doing Tantra um, uh, workshops together and 
and eventually I did a, a relationship coaching um, certification on top of my uh, other certifications, of course. And so that's when my journey began. Uh, wow. So that's how I get started. Yeah. And your business is called Sensual Glow. I love the name. <laughs> yes. My business is Sensual Glow because I believe that every woman um, has access to her glow, to her radiance, to her body, to her senses. And if we access this more in our daily life, we influence our complete world around us. We um, are better mothers, better um, uh, sons of a daughter, sorry. We are better lovers. And I think it affects, well, every aspect of your life, even in work, um, when we reconnect with our true nature of uh, being a feminine and live like this. Um, yeah. Well, I, I think, yeah. yeah. You, you will get a better person for yourself and you can share a lot more wisdom, inner wisdom, uh, with those around you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so your story went from being raped at 16 with your yes. first um, sexual experience to being this amazing sensual uh, goddess woman here sitting in front of me today and I'm wondering about the steps that you had to take to get there you know I think it's amazing that you were able to get help at such a young age uh, to help work through that trauma I don't think many people get that here in the United States uh, or if they do, uh, maybe they don't know that they can or how to get access to that. So that's really cool. But, you know, what were the steps in particular that you took to uh, going from always choosing the safe man, you know, something that felt really safe yeah. to choosing one that, you know, brought out your wildness and your sensuality, but also, you know, a sense of safety as well, because that's really important too. Absolutely. It's a very good question. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, when I met this man, it was not that I chose uh, to open up to my uh, sensuality. I was reminded uh, that I missed so much in my childhood, or not in my child, early childhood, but in my puberty and in my young adult uh, uh, life. And even as an adult, I was reminded of, I have so much energy in, inside of me. I have so much warmth and so much love and even so much sensuality and sexual power. Uh, I was reconnected to that. And so first, when I discovered that, I felt a big sense of loss, um, of grief. So I gave space to this enormous sadness because, well, to discover that all your relationship choices, your sexual choices, your preferences were based on safety and not on joy, on playfulness, on experimenting and 
to live a little and to be dynamic and not so serious. I was always so serious. So first, I mourned my loss uh, of this energy. And then I uh, realized I had to uh, reclaim my, my sensual power, my playfulness, my... Um, yeah, my playfulness, I think to have joy and pleasure and to play around was a big thing for me. Uh, when you have trauma, you, lots of people are um, facing the loss of uh, this innocence, this, um, yeah, just to experiment in joy and in sexuality i never i never did that i never uh, fooled around so on the agenda for me was to live a little and to be more loose and that was really hard i can tell you that it was really hard but i did it i more within myself than in the world uh, because I fell in love with this man very deeply. So I had no eyes for other people. So my playfulness was especially with, uh, with him. And I loved that. I really loved it. And the second um, thing I reclaimed was my pleasure to feel pleasure in sex in my body, to be in my senses, to allow myself to have sex just for pleasure, mm. <laughs> just for joy, for uh, to receive pleasure, to relax in pleasure. That was a major thing because I discovered that I, due trauma and the need of feeling safe, I was not fully able to receive pleasure. It was much easier for me to give pleasure. So that was my, yeah, third big thing to allow myself to experiment with pleasure. Yeah. And that's how I got to the point where am I today? And of course, I'm ever learning, but. Yeah, I love how when you met your soulmate that he kind of brought you back um, in a way to that feeling of innocence and playfulness. Those are really important stages of a person's sexuality where if you experience a trauma in any of those early stages, it's almost like you get stuck there and you you know as much as I do because you you're in Alicia's uh, in the sex love and relationship coaching certification that I was in uh, last year, and there are certain stages of sexuality, um, innocence, play, honor, sacredness, and when we go through each of those, um, you know that's like a natural progression. But sometimes we can get locked and stuck in a certain stage. Um, with a trauma 
and then we can never really progress into uh, the fullness of our sexuality and experience the fullness of it. And it's like, you figured it out. <laughs> it's like yes. this miraculous story that, you know, meeting this man, you were able to uh, heal the trauma and, and to move past that and to experience pleasure and play and, and all of these stages. Absolutely. Absolutely. You've got that right. And, um, for me, it's important that to mention that we don't need a man to awaken us. And I was, because with me, obviously, it was a man who moved me into awakening. But now I try to make very clear to all these traumatized women and we all have trauma that you can do this yourself you can make things happen for you if you desire to and i did all this work of course i did it with him but i did it myself and i'm so proud of myself um, to reclaim my energy reclaim my sexuality in full so that's uh, yeah that's that's this powerful movement i'm very happy that you and all these beautiful women with me uh and well, this whole era i think is just standing up and yeah proud to be in this place right yeah. now i know right it's really intense and remarkable at the same time yes <laughs> so much change um with women you know reclaiming the fullness of their sexuality and dropping all of the the guilt and shame and the shutdown uh, that that we've been fed and told to believe in and you know feeling like our sexuality is dependent on a man's and our pleasure Absolutely. is dependent on someone else giving it to us and all of that. So thank Absolutely. you for pointing out that it wasn't him. He was just the thing that sparked the initiation into your own um, yes. sexual wholeness. Absolutely. There was a complete new world I entered within myself and I, I did so much moving and work uh, to get here and, yeah, absolutely. I think um, we can do this together. We can do this in this fierce sisterhood we're creating around us. Absolutely. Yeah. When you work with couples, uh, one of the things that you mentioned you work with a lot is desire and incorporating more playfulness and creativity into a couple's sex life. Do you speak to that just a little bit? Yes, <laughs> I do. I do. Because I uh, discovered my desire uh, within these years, I noticed that a lot of couples around me are completely uh, sh uh, shut off uh, to their desires, their own sexual desires. When we enter a relationship, we often... Are looking for safety for um, certainty for 
reliability. And we forget that we are dancing with our sexuality and our individual desires as well. We must do that to maintain a healthy uh, sex life. So after a couple of years, when hormones are a little bit less than in the beginning, um, or change, uh, <laughs> we're not that in love anymore uh, physically, you see couples are um, in the need of some creativity, some uh, juiciness, some new uh, energy flow. And what I do with couples is going back to their original desire, their sexual desire, and make them reconnect with that uh, intensely. So we're stepping back from this idea of we should have a sex life like this, we should have um, uh, the experience uh, uh, of this, but we go back to I would like this, I would like to feel this, I would like to uh, experience this. And usually it's very unsettling for couples to do this at mm -hmm. first because, wow, maybe there are fantasies that are a little bit selfish or uh, un un well, uncomfortable to tell each other. But we do it anyway, and it really works. It's beautiful to see what uh, people come up with. And um, as we spoke before uh, in our conversations, it's all about the feeling behind it. And how do you want to feel every day uh, within this amazing relationship that you have? And, how would you like to express yourself and how would you like to of how would you like to be talked to and it's like this circle of give and receive so yes that's uh how we start to give voice to your own desire and and then, of course, the second step in this process is to implement that desire in the relationship and make it safe to um, make it safe to speak to each other, to communicate to each other about your uh, desires, about what you prefer about your feelings and when you are safe to express this to fullness in, in your love life you can achieve a much greater sense of um, compassion for each other's desires yeah do you find that a lot of people get stuck there with expressing it yes why yes. do you think so? Um, we want to do it so well for the other person. Uh, for instance, when you, I talk to men a lot and they have this core desired feeling 
uh, and drive to feel free to walk on this earth with uh, to walk on this earth alone and often uh, women can react to that they're very attractive attracted to that energy but also it's very scary because they think oh gosh maybe he's looking for another woman maybe he's looking for so in relationship uh, coaching I always learn for this couple to speak freely but hold space for each other within this um, yeah within their relationship hold space for each other and that means that they're completely safe in the setting they're in so I always make like okay we're now in coaching we're going uh, in this process together and you're in a safe space to tell each other exactly what you're longing for, what you desire, without consequences. Mm -hmm. And people, we don't, um, in the Netherlands at least, we don't learn how to speak freely without consequences. We learn uh, how to solve problems. We learn how to make it all better for you we learn how to give advice but we don't actually listen to a desire without uh, consequences without reacting mm. on this with an advice or an answer or a solution or so that's a, a basic thing i learn uh, couples uh, when we go into this process and it works because then nothing is really scary anymore because you know it doesn't mean anything. It, the meaning of your desires, you, you, you're in charge of that as a couple. It's not that if a woman says, oh, I want to make love with two men, that tomorrow it's going to happen. No, it's just what, why are you feeling that? What is this desire? This, this desire is telling you what is the feeling you want to feel and can we recreate that for each other within our relationship and so you can all only uh, get to that point when you really are uh, listening to each other without um, well without making making it about the consequences and making it about the solutions and the advice or making it mean something about yes. the person absolutely it could be really painful to say something like that like if someone if a client came to me and said you know in this safe container of a coaching session and revealed to her partner yes i want to have sex with two men at the same time you know that might feel uh, safe in the moment, but could there really be um, space held to where the man wouldn't make that mean that she absolutely has to have that in order to make her happy? You know, that's that's where I think people get triggered and that the need for excellent communication and space holding and owning 100%, taking 100% responsibility for your reactions 
is so necessary because you could, you know, the person hearing that could make that mean so many things. (laughs) And, and that, that might not be true at all. You know, have you ever experienced that with a couple where one of them just got totally triggered? (laughs) Oh yes. Often, often. Tell me about that. Yeah. And I welcome that very much because I, my coaching is all about the process and actually deal with all of it. Mm-hmm. So I welcome triggers in my coaching. Very, I, I embrace it. And I say, okay, this is really good that it's happening now because Often people come home and say, oh gosh, I don't know, you said this and that, and I'm not sure what to do with it. And when people are triggered, it means something. There's always a pearl of wisdom within this trigger. There's always so much information about how we feel about ourselves, how we look at ourselves, how we desire something that we can't access so yes it happened a lot but it brings so much more and in my coachings people come with um to be really honest to themselves and each other and my programs are not about problems my programs are all about desires Mm-hmm. and so yes I uh, I do get that a lot <laughs> I'm sitting here doing a happy dance in my own chair because <laughs> I know you can't see me but uh, <clears throat> what she said about you know the triggers bring up uh, what do you call that an opportunity for healing because when there's a trigger that means you've always come up against some sort of conditioning uh, that you have not looked at to evaluate your own truth of that conditioning. Absolutely. So it's when you get triggered, it's like, okay, what is this? Let me look at this and see, is this true for me or is it not? Or should I drop this? Or is this really my story that I want to keep for now? and that can be super powerful because it will cause you to grow from it so anytime you get triggered it's it's a clear flag oh this this is your opportunity to grow (laughs) absolutely and it's a invitation to look at our patterns we have so so many patterns around our love around our sex around around our thoughts around our behavior and a trigger is telling you okay i i'm blocked somewhere what is this and is there a pattern that i'm living right now because of that and often in relationship when you look at the patterns when you discover what's behind the patterns discover which blockages are there and eventually you get to the desire and it works in a beautiful way so yes 
triggers are very welcome, but also sometimes a couple fights within <laughs> the chairs uh, within my uh, uh, sessions, and they are feel very ashamed for them. They say, "Oh, I'm so sorry, and this is what's happening all the time." It's welcome. It's welcome because now you see the pattern. This is the pattern, and so let's go back what's behind it what's behind it what's behind it what's behind it and often within two or three sessions you can really really transform your the way we talk to each other the way we see each other the way we experience each other the way you put energy into your relationship the way you receive energy because the patterns are telling us so much and the triggers are telling us so much. And yeah, I, I, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All, all back to the desire. Um, all back to the desire. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mentioned before that the, the, there's always something behind an actionable desire. So if you say, no, I want to experience this thing, or I want to have this sort of uh, thing come into my life. Then, using the question like, "Well, what does having that thing give you? Who do you get to be if you had that thing? How yes. does having that thing make you feel?" Those are core desired feelings, and if you're not aware of Danielle Laporte, that's like her life's work. And she has like a whole book on and system for core desired feelings. But when you can get <clears throat> to that depth and level of clarity, it makes getting it a space of uh, creativity. It's like a blank canvas and you get to create anything out of it based on that core desired feeling that you want to feel. Absolutely. Which is so valuable because then it doesn't make the person saying, I want to sleep with two men at the same time mean that that's what has to happen. It's the thing behind her experiencing that, that she really wants. Maybe it's an experience. I want to feel wild and free. Like I want to feel that wild and free to have that sort of experience. Okay. Well, maybe that's not an option to have sex with two men within the confines of your relationship. Yeah. But how, how else can we help you feel wild and free? You know, that's, that's, where the work is you know that's that's spot on yeah spot on but i do actually sometimes within relationship coaching i think the core desire and feeling is to be in a safe environment to do experiments sometimes mm -hmm. within uh the safety of your relationship but to have like this threesome or to have like this uh go to a party or go to a club that is erotically uh, fueled or and before you can be really and truly safe with each other to and to explore this desire and to go to the core desired feeling you never ever can do that because you will always feel unsafe but when you are like this bond like this 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 twosome that is like okay we're gonna do this it makes it all about you two 
It makes it all about experience that you have in the relationship. And it makes you so much stronger to go and and flirt a bit or to um, have like this, well, whatever you can think of. It's fantasy number one to have a threesome, but a lot of couples that try tries it, they end up with problems mm. within their relationships. And <clears throat> the relationship. And I think when we uh, truly know how to create desire, creativity uh, within our relationship, and it makes it really conscious, uh, makes your triggers very conscious and make your sexual energy very conscious, you can do sometimes, well, you can experiment a lot more than when you don't. Yeah, it definitely takes a certain level of consciousness and owning your shit, (laughs) for lack of a better word. Absolutely, (laughs) yes, absolutely. Okay, well, (laughs) you're love and sex coach or you're not... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i think that's well we, I, I, I in in holland uh, i don't know about the usa but <coughs> um we there's a lot of taboo around uh cheating and around um it's a desire to feel alive and to feel lush and adored mm. absolutely and i trying to get that in the relationships instead of out (laughs) yeah i know wouldn't it be amazing if uh, i think i saw a statistic lately that was that said something like 40 percent of couples are cheating on each other yes and have no idea without knowing yeah exactly that's that's the point they don't know so what if you could get those desires met within the relationship and not not have to destroy a relationship you otherwise love and cherish if you could take responsibility for your shit if you could bring consciousness and awareness to your desires and meet it with love and acceptance and compassion for that desire without the shame you know like wow what a different world this would be (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> absolutely absolutely and i think so much are longing for this feeling but yeah. they just don't know where to start they yeah. just don't know how to start a conversation mm-hmm. and i think yeah there's a lot of work for us so that's no good kidding thing. Yeah, I my most downloaded podcast was the one that i did on how to talk with your partner about sex <laughs> Because I think people have no freaking clue how to do it in a way that feels safe. And even then there's like more to it, you know, like not only do you have to feel safe to express the desires, but you have to own and take responsibility for your reactions. And and when you do get triggered, you have to know how to handle the triggers. And that's where having a coach comes in amazingly because it really takes the direction and the space holding of a coach to kind of guide a couple through uh, inevitable 
triggers. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. That's exactly what our work is about and uh, what the, the important uh, importantness mm -hmm. is of our relationship, I think, of our coachings. Yes. Wow. Well, <laughs> that was really fun to talk to you about all that. <laughs> Super deep and juicy stuff there. Um, I have one last question for you, and that is what if you have any tips or advice on how to be a multi-orgasmic mama, uh, what would that be? It would be start with uh, the intention to feel your body, to open up for yourself. Don't be afraid of what's already inside of you. Um, we often think of the end goals like, okay, I want to be multi-orgasmic or I want to have full body orgasms or I want to think about sex all day long and the bridge is just too far it's too it separates us from our actually what is already there so when you really really want to um, feel and take a deep dive within your sexual energy just start with a simple intention let me feel my body every day or what makes me uh, feel alive where is my joy or how does a simple touch make me feel just sink in your body make this intention and just start it just start from there and you will find clues on your way and you will um, know what to do next. Yeah, that's so simple and so true and beautiful at the same time. Yeah, I think if I had gone into working on my sexuality with the goal of like, I want to be multi-orgasmic, I would never have gotten there. <laughs> that, that would be like way too much at once. Yeah. It's, yeah, exactly. And it's just... <laughs> When you are waiting for your partner to make you multi-orgasmic, you can wait forever. Oh, yeah. It starts with you, with feeling your body and just sink in this intention and you will know what to do and you will come up <laughs> with the right YouTube videos and <laughs> whatever it takes <laughs> to read. But you have to take responsibility for your own orgasm. Yeah, that is so true. I know that working with the JDEG was what changed and rewired my brain to experience orgasm in different ways and in multiple ways. Um, had nothing to do with my partner, you know, yeah. uh, and it never does. <laughs> it was just it never does. No, <laughs> even when you have this conscious sexual man and yeah. blah blah blah, it never ever. He's not responsible for your orgasm. He can help you with it. But mm -hmm. so much truth to that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for that wonderful tip and for sharing your story with us and uh, for going into that delicious discussion about uh, desire and how to bring more playfulness and creativity into our relationships. It was amazing. 
Thank you so much for having me, Lacey. Okay. <laughs> Bye.